Hey, everybody. How are you, Inspire? I pray that this is an exciting and thrilling time for you spiritually, even if we're having to stay indoors and we're having to deal with so many different issues on different levels. I know that God is our provider. He's going to take care of us. We're going to come through this. We're going to be more strong, more powerful than we ever were. Your family's going to be stronger. God's good all the time. And even when the enemy attacks, the Bible said the spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against him. And the people of God are praying. And I know that leaders and scientists are working and everyone is rallying together. I think that the outcome is of all of this effort in prayer is going to have a positive effect in terms of revival. I know that people are praying who have never prayed before. And if you're joining with us today and you're not a member of the Inspire Church family, I'm so glad that you're here. I pray the word of the Lord blesses you. We're honored to have you be a part of this live streaming program. And I want to go into the word of the Lord and bring something to you from the word of God that I know is going to touch your heart and it is going to help you because the word of God is an amazing resource. It is capable of doing for us what no other instruction, no other word, no other set of plans can ever do in our lives. And so I'm turning to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and he's writing about a rumor or a story that he's heard. It was actually more than a rumor about division that existed in the church. And one saying, I'm a Paul, and someone else saying, I'm a Cephas or Peter, and someone else saying, well, Paul is my favorite preacher, and uh, Cephas or Peter is yours, but that guy over there, he likes Apollos better than anybody else. And there were these factions in the church. And Paul says this, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal. And as to babes in Christ, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you're, not, you're still not able, for, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? I want you to particularly notice the phrase, are you not carnal and behaving like men? That's a rather extraordinary question that Paul is asking the church in Corinth. Because my first response is, well, what else could they have been other than men, meaning the human race? I'm sure men and women, both, both genders were involved. So this was not specifically targeted to the male of the species. It was a question about who are you really acting like right now? You're acting like men. And it seems that he was actually expecting more out of them than that. I want to speak to you from the subject for just a moment. Don't forget who and whose you are. Before all of this with the coronavirus began, I was in a series entitled Redefining Normal. And the thesis of the series is this. It's astonishing how many believers do not live at the level of privilege they were intended by God to enjoy. Rather, that is in their relationship with God, their marriages, their family or their social relationships, their health, their ministries, or even their finances. 
They live at a level they call normal that isn't what was supposed to be normal. It happens literally in every area of our lives. God wants us to know who and whose we are. In 1 John 3, verses 2 through 3, John writes, Beloved, now, right now, are we the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. I want you to imagine that glorious day that's coming when we're going to see the object of our worship Right now, we look through a glass darkly at so many things, but then we will see face to face. And John went on to write, and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he, Christ, is pure. Being a child of God carries privileges. You're a child of a king, and not just any king either. John says, you're right now the children of God. Not going to be at the rapture, going to be when you go to heaven. Right now, you're a child of God. That means that right now, there are privileges that we are entitled to enjoy. You're a child, as I said, not just of any king, but the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And I want you to notice that he didn't say in Scripture that God is our president or he's our prime minister. That means he isn't up for re-election. In 1 Timothy 1.17, Paul declared God to be the king eternal. Listen to that. Immortal, invisible, the God who alone is wise, to whom will be glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. Paul talked about this in his first letter to the church in Corinth when he's talking about the fact that we actually are somebody different than we once were. And that's what he's referring to. And he's also referring to the fact that we must remember whose we are as well as who we are. He addressed the divisiveness of the church. And then he asked, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? It's as though he was flabbergasted at the thought that we as the children of God would be willing to be just mere humans once more. Cornality and division had come into the church and there was arrogance and pride and resentful spirits that had crept into people's hearts. People had bad attitudes. The old earthly nature had resurrected itself. Its ugly spirit was being manifest in the church. And it reminds me for all the world of where our nation has been for the last several years and even where the church has been. There's been way too much division, too much animosity along religious lines, along political party lines, along the lines of race. There's only one human race, and, and that should never be forgotten. This other thing is just ethnicities, but we're all the same human race. And people have become mean-spirited, divided, hard-hearted, and that doesn't please God. It grieves his heart. And sadly, this has been in the church just as much as it's been in the world. And that just isn't right because Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. If you're going to have peace, you've got to literally make it sometimes. Anybody can fight. Anybody can get upset, cause problems. Anybody can, can be angry as a result of things that they see going on in the world. But it takes a special kind of individual to try to bring about peace. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, the Apostle Paul points out 
to us that we were saved and all that old stuff is supposed to have passed away and all things has become new. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and become new. And literally in the scripture, it tells us we have experienced the new birth. We became new creatures in Christ. We received a new name. We have a new covenant. We live by a new and living way. We sing a new song and we're going someday to a new Jerusalem. We're not the same people we were before we got saved. And we need to remember who we are. There's a story that is just really touching. A story about a young man and a woman who met and fell in love. Their names were Orr, Laura, and Braden Faganello. They actually met and married in the year 2016. Nine months later, Laura sustained a terrible traumatic brain injury and lost all memory of anything that had occurred in her life prior to the age of 17. Laura didn't remember Braden. She didn't remember her marriage. She was only one year away from graduating university when the accident occurred. She couldn't remember any of that. And after the accident, she struggled to simply read or write and could barely speak. Laura took off her rings and handed them to Braden and said that she couldn't stay in a marriage with someone that she didn't know, didn't remember knowing, didn't remember falling in love with, didn't remember getting married to. But Braden refused to give up hope. He started to date her again. And for two years, he pursued and dated her. She says that over time, that Braden became her best friend, and then her crush, and then her love. And then, last year, they remarried. You, we always must remember who we are, but not only who we are, whose we are. Just as tragic as that story is, it's just as great a tragedy that people could be in relationship with Christ and then begin to act like mere human beings. So let's talk first of all about who we are. John said, now we are the children of God right now. It's not going to happen later. You don't have to reach a certain point in your life where you've served God 10 or 15 or 20 years. You don't have to be like Enoch. You walk with God and get translated before you become a child of God. You're a child of God right now. You are redeemed by the blood of the Holy Lamb of God. You have privileges of a, as a child of God that those who do not serve Christ do not enjoy. What am I talking about? You can have peace in the middle of the crisis. You can have joy that others cannot simply relate to or understand. They simply can't. And they wonder why you don't throw up your hands in despair as they do in the very same circumstances. But let's not just remember who we are. Let's remember whose we are. We belong to God. He said, you're not your own. You're bought with a price. The precious blood of Jesus Christ purchased us from sin and iniquity, and we belong to him. Our body is at the temples of the Holy Spirit, and he loves us more than human words could ever possibly express. You want to know how much he loved you? He loved you so much that he gave the dearest thing that he had, his son, in exchange for us. That's amazing. So back to what Paul says in his text to the church at Corinth. Why are you acting 
like mere human beings. You're a higher order of creation than that now. You're a child of God. Let's act like we're God's children. We're more than overcomers through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's the one who is our source of strength. We don't have to rely upon human ability or, or human ingenuity or, or the strength that we have within us as individuals. We rely on the strength of a higher power. Of course, we should observe all the necessary health precautions. That is to say, wash our hands often. Uh, don't touch our face. Stay in unless it's vital and absolutely necessary that we get out. Try not to touch doorknobs or countertops if we do get out. And then don't panic. As a child of God, you don't need to live with fear. Jesus said, fear not. Let not your hearts be troubled. And don't stress out either. There's no need to live with stress. You don't have to live with the same concern and worry that everyone else around us expresses who are not serving God. We know that God's going to take care of us. David said, I was young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. And then fourthly, speak life. Speak life over your family. Pray over your family. Speak life over your own health. Speak life over your finances. God's going to take care of you. Amen. The Lord is our shepherd. That's why we don't want. And so I close by reminding us, let's not act like mere human beings. That's what the enemy wants us to do. He wants us to do what the church at Corinth did and revert back to our old nature, the nature to panic, the nature to worry, the nature to become angry when we're afraid. He wants us to live in fear, be petrified, immobilized, unable to act. We can't let that happen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone that is under the sound of my voice right now. Everyone that is watching this broadcast, this streaming, if there's one out there that doesn't know you who has tuned into this program, I'm asking you to save them right now. Help them to open their heart and their life to you because you are the source of our hope and let them invite you into their lives right now. And then... I also pray for every one of the great people who are members of Inspire Church that I love so much, that I miss connecting with personally, miss seeing each week. Lord, I'm asking you to give them strength and grace. Let our community draw closer together and become stronger and use what the enemy meant to cause harm to bring good. We ask in Jesus' name. And if you prayed that prayer with me and gave your heart and life to Christ, please don't stop there. Go on and become baptized in the lovely name of our Lord. And number two, go on and be filled full of the Holy Spirit. And number three, become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Join a Bible-believing church. We'd love to have you be a part of Inspire. And to all of our incredible people, Again, we love you more than words can ever say. We're praying for you every day. God bless you. Hope to see you really, really soon.